All right, so welcome, welcome, everybody. Uh, we have Dr. Don Kinghorn and Matt Bach uh, joining us today for our lab's open office hour. Uh, this is just kind of an opportunity to kind of um, ask questions of our labs guys, kind of get an idea of what they're working on, and um, just kind of chit-chat about... Um, you know what they are most experts in uh hardware software and kind of the crossover there so um yeah uh, you guys oh so it's still a bit of a surprise for some people that we are streaming this on twitch um people are every time we do this it's like oh my gosh i thought you guys disappeared so this is fun nope the cat um, still exists <laughs> we just don't use it <laughs> right Excel recently yeah. oh hey houston i i i love the the twitch build stream oh me too um, that was uh, so fun when we did those. <laughs> I had so much fun with that. Just hanging out down, right down there on the build bench. It's yeah. It, it was uh, it was really good stuff. Um, I have some ideas for for builds in the future, but that's I don't really want to talk about that in public. <laughs> I don't want to get people too hyped up for something that may or may not happen. So, um, so yeah. Um, welcome everybody. Hi. How are you guys doing? It's it seems to be getting really warm, uh, at least around me. I don't know about you guys. Yeah, I was actually oh, yeah. looking up on Amazon, like, okay, how, how cheap are AC units that are just, just enough to cool, like, an office? Yeah. And, uh, I don't know. <laughs> we'll see. For, like, the two weeks a year that it's actually hot around here. Uh, I've already set mine up. Oh, yeah? I, I've, okay. I've got two of the those portable things. I've got mm -hmm. one in the bedroom and one here in my office. The office gets really hot because with the computers running and stuff. Right. So, yeah, it's a big plus. And I can... I've got a lot of noise outside because mm -hmm. of the the trail that's out there. So, being able to kind of like close the window, still be cool. Yeah, it's nice. That's nice. That is definitely nice. Right on. So, uh, I know you both both you guys have been um, kind of working on some stuff. We were we were we touched on a little bit before the stream happened, and so um, I wow, I just kind of lost my train of thought. But. Um, we had a good I mean, conversation yeah, going, man. There was there were some good things that I, I think it would be just cool to we can just kind of keep keep those conversations going. Um, we had kind of mentioned um, Don, you brought up the WSL thing. The um, what was that again? I couldn't I can't remember. It's what Windows it Subsystem for Linux. That's the one. I keep thinking Windows Socket Layer, and that doesn't really make any sense. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then yeah, then there's like the AI stuff um, the, and machine learning. I know that done, and then there's a crossover with how that works with post production and oh yeah, it's um, awesome. You know things like um, the Content Aware Fill that came out with uh, what was it Photoshop first, and then now they do that with After Effects and mm -hmm. and things like that. So it's it's, it's a it's a huge a deal. Talk. It's a huge deal for all yeah. that stuff. Yeah, hey, I was actually. Um, on, I was recording a podcast with Photo Taco uh, the other day, which I think is going to be going up like next month or something like that. And one of the questions, I, I guess it's kind of spoiling that podcast. Uh, one of the questions was like, what are you excited about like coming in? And I think they were referring to hardware, which like the only thing I could come up with was, was like persistent memory was like the only thing that like Ooh. is kind of exciting. Um, but I, I, I said that like AI is actually the thing that's going to be the biggest like game changer here in the future and already is because like oh, yeah. it does so much behind the scenes like people don't realize that even in like adobe products like ai is everywhere already they're using it every day they just have no idea right yeah the thing is you know uh, uh, there's a lot of that stuff that's got long history mm -hmm. you know computer vision goes way back and there's classical algorithms for that stuff and um they're they're they were a lot of work to develop um and they require a lot of tuning and performances. You know, I mean, that's why you already you've had some uh, some nice stuff like you know face recognition and stuff in your cameras for a long time. But all of that stuff is being replaced by um, uh, machine learning trained uh, inference engines that are doing the same thing only way better and way more efficiently. That's and uh, so it's replacing a lot of those uh, traditional old computer vision algorithms. And um, yeah, there's no stopping that yeah. because that's that's a fantastic use case. Well, Super some resolution, of it, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, I was going to say, like, some of it is like, I think people are expecting like uh, tagging, like what's in a photo or a, or a video. Like, yes, there's a cat here. Great. So now you can search for cats mm -hmm. or um, like, like what's what's other things that are very traditional kind of machine learning things uh, like you, you mentioned facial recognition. So you can actually like search through all your photos for a picture of yourself or your daughter or whatever which 
I already use all a bunch because I use Google Photos to keep yeah. track of all of our personal photos. And it's amazing how good it is. Like, just like, okay, this person is, you know, my wife. And then suddenly it just knows all of yeah. them. I, although I will admit it got really confused. We just had a, a baby boy um, a month ago. And it's been really confused between him and my daughter when she was born three years ago. Mm. So it, it's, it, yeah, okay, with newborns. It's right? got but some problems. Babies kind of all look the same. Babies, yeah, they all kind of <laughs> look the same. So that, that, I'll, I'll forgive it that. But like everything else, like, yeah, it's just amazing that I can just be like, hey, we're putting together a like puzzle. Uh, we're making a puzzle for my grandparents. So let's find all of the pictures with grandma, grandpa, and this kid. And it's just, here you go. Like it removes That's all of so the cool. effort from Christmas presents, which is good and bad. What is that NVIDIA thing? It's Is it... Uh, DLSS or something that deep learning super sampling. Uh, you were talking about the thing the where Goa? you can take a low res photo and like basically enlarge yeah. it, but instead yeah, of yeah. just like getting pixelated, it then looks at like, okay, this is a picture. I know this is a picture of a car. Let's fill in what those details would be. Like, that's amazing. I've, I've seen people use that for like old videos of like a train, I think was one of the examples. Super grainy, old black and white film, like video of a train moving, and then they super scale it. And like, it looks amazing because I mean, Google knows what those trains look like. There's videos and pictures all over the place of one of those trains. That stuff is getting, is getting actually really, really, really good. That that's uh, even, I just saw an article um, uh, yesterday on um, like, like cats, cat scans, hmm. uh, 3d, 3d medical imaging essentially. And, and uh, they're doing essentially that. On there, so they, they can they can do a lot faster scans, and they can they can instead of instead of using all their traditional algorithms for because they they get all those layers and all those you know image um, uh, perspectives, and then they you know crunch that stuff all together into a 3D model that the they can look at. Well, they're applying the same kind of idea into that, and uh, it looks amazing. It's um, that's a big deal. There's a lot of medical stuff going on yeah. with uh, AI, and it's getting really good. Yeah, because they've been using that for like cancer detection and stuff mm -hmm. like that, right? Yeah, there's there's a lot of stuff that's related, just with you know computer vision. That that was one of the things that really took off quick with um, with the machine learning stuff was um, you know the convolution networks of being able to take uh, a you know giant huge image set. And then you know get prediction from that. Also, that that kind of anything that involves like an image, and then you know targeting information, and that and that image could be you know cats, or it could be uh, tissue slides for cancer. Mm -hmm. you know, same, it's the same kind of principle, and that works really really well. Uh, it's getting uh, super super good. There's a, uh, in fact, I think the next I'm going to do another course. I I always try to do like a Coursera course. Mm. something you know especially I, had, I haven't done any for a while i just haven't been in the mood uh but andrew ang's got a new one on um uh deep learning uh, medical ai and it looks really good cool. I'm, i i really want to do that mm. um, neat. yeah good stuff good stuff all right so let's see no 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 questions from the chat quite yet so another <laughs> yeah i mean which is totally cool like this is this is kind of an opportunity just to to chat and well, and if there are any are any other questions that come up we can always take them as well um, yeah matt i have a question hey <laughs> uh, yeah yeah we i i almost asked it before we started but i didn't want to spoil uh matt have you have you uh encountered have you been bumping into anything with um um uh, uh microsoft direct ml a little bit actually uh the only thing that i know off the top of my head is lightroom classic they added a enhanced details feature um that takes for raw photos it applies an ai algorithm to actually do the debayering turning raw sensor data into like an actual you know rgb color um and that is using windows ml for on windows and apple is it core ml or something i forget what the apple one is but it's actually using those that's the only ones that i know are using it directly because i think a lot of adobe stuff they have their own like whole system their whole adobe sensei kind of thing oh yeah yeah 
yeah, a, a lot of the Adobe stuff is is really low level. But you know, um, it has been kind of off my radar. But um, I, I, you know, I saw something at the Microsoft Build uh, uh, meeting here, whatever, week or, week or so ago. And I had never really looked at this, but yeah, they, they've got a couple of uh, fairly high level things. There's, there's one, um, there's one that's a little bit higher level uh, that's ends ML and a lot, they're using that in a lot of the game engines and stuff. Um, but then there's this uh, direct uh, direct X, right? Yeah. It's and uh, direct X 12. That's, that's the latest one, correct? I, so? yes. I honestly haven't been yes. paying attention to DirectX since I stopped playing video games. <laughs> but, hey, yeah, but but the thing this was really really cool, and and this was um, the, a couple of significant things came up on that, and and uh, uh, yeah, really caught my attention. Uh, uh, the, okay, DirectX is, you know, I mean that's Microsoft's video engine, right? I mean that's that's mm -hmm. how they they uh, grind stuff out on on the video cards um so there that's a that's a fairly low that's like kind of like OpenGL, right um but it's a, actually a lot more robust there's a lot of stuff in in um, uh, DirectX, and they're they're this direct ml is using that under the hood hmm. so so that's what's giving direct so this direct ml is a machine learning um, layer that direct that interacts with DirectX as it's you know kind of low level like in place of CUDA. Hmm. Okay, so okay. this is this is kind of an alternative to CUDA, and the thing that's really interesting and 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 uh, you know we were talking about that a little bit before we started, and 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 uh, you know you uh, we had I, I wasn't on the meeting, but you had a meeting with uh, AMD. Um, little while back right oh i don't know we have meetings with amd intel and nvidia all the time <laughs> well, yeah i know, I know. Be... but, but there was one? something and they were like bugging us they were going when are you going to do uh gpu compute on oh yeah on... i know they're very interested in that because a lot of their like radeon pro stuff that's a big thing that they're pushing on is improving their their like ai and machine learning stuff well that's the thing with this uh with DirectX, that puts a layer between the hardware that's hardware agnostic. Oh, that's good. Yeah, and um, the thing that really kind of surprised me. So, so this, so anything that's basically using this um, DirectX 12 uh, ML layer can run on. It's it's not just restricted to NVIDIA GPUs. And so th this this provides a layer to uh, to use uh, the AMD GPUs, probably in a really really good way. Hmm. And it looks like Google is doing a, uh, uh, they're collaborating with Microsoft and doing a build using uh, DirectML on the, as a low-level backend on TensorFlow. Oh, interesting. Yeah, and that, yeah. okay, now that is. Yeah, that'd be really cool. That one totally caught me off guard when I saw that. I was going, whoa, okay, I really <laughs> need to look at this because that's, you know, this is a big deal because uh, OpenCL is like an alternative to CUDA. And right. you know, pretty much everybody that's doing dev work has just decided that that sucked a long time ago. Yeah, yeah. It and seems like what, devs love CUDA, hate open. Yeah, well. CUDA is awesome, and Nvidia just did is brilliant what they did. Hmm. You know, I mean, there's a reason that they're just killing it on on the on the uh, MLAI stuff. Uh, but the AMD hardware is actually really quite good, and I mean, it has been from the get go. Um, you know, when I first started doing this. Actually, AMD sent me some stuff, some of their high-end, their compute stuff. But it was so the their, um, it was so difficult to use. It was almost like assembly language to mm. do anything with the cards, hmm. and it simple. never really changed. Um, and so, uh, just to, just to interject real quick, is there a reason hmm. CUDA cannot run on AMD stuff? Like, is there is it a? Because Nvidia is it just it's <laughs> Nvidia man? So it's it's just because it's just because they don't like each other. There isn't like a a physical like, oh, AMD um, crunches numbers differently, and so it does it cannot possibly work. CUDA it's just, CUDA is a build environment. That, uh, okay. There's a compiler, so you compile these kernels mm -hmm. with CUDA that that are specific targeted specifically to the hardware okay 
So, so hardware differences, boom. Yeah, no, th there is, there is some stuff to uh, essentially do a translation mm -hmm. from some of the CUDA stuff. Uh, oh, oh, what's this thing called? Oh, dang it. I can't, I, I can't remember it off the top of my head. Um, but it, it actually, oh, Rock M, Rock M, I think. Okay. Um, that, that's a way to, to, to do some of the stuff that has been done in CUDA and just kind of like port it over and run it on AMD. Um, but yeah, I haven't played with it. I've wanted to look at it for a couple of years. It's been around for a while. But the direct X angle, I think, is like, oh man, that, that could really be a good way to go. You know, it's, it's funny. I, I'm super excited about how accessible AI stuff is going to be. Probably because like what it's going to be able to do, but I keep getting my head spinning of like, oh man, how can I actually start making my benchmarks easier? Because <laughs> it's been, I mean, so much of my day, it seems like, is like programming actually, and you know, trying to get benchmarks to run, but none of these applications are made to have benchmarks run. And, but like, if I could use AI, I could start reading like these FPS numbers that are not logged anywhere, but just like displayed, I could start using that to like, read those things oh, i'm sorry matt i promised you i would work on that <laughs> oh years ago yeah i remember that I mean, like I, I had a working solution for that like a brute force solution and but then like we decided like no that's too much work but if ai can get like easier to do like i always just had the problem of i want to just like tell it here's a bunch of photos here's what they mean and then figure it out but like i've never like it seems like there's still like a little bit of a barrier for people to get into. And once they cross that barrier, it opens up everything. But it's still like that entry. It feels like what like video editing was like 10 years ago. Or like, okay, you wanna be a video editor, you wanna edit any home movies or whatever, you've gotta figure this stuff out. You gotta take some courses first. And now it's like, ah, I can just do it on my phone, whatever. Like, yeah, I took a video now on Google Photos, it, it lets me trim and apply effects and do all that kind of stuff. Well, like it feels yeah, like it, AI stuff is just that close it it is close well it, it but it's still very actually it's really quite early days for for all this oh, but for sure but that you know that's the general effort mm -hmm. is to uh and and uh you know a lot of effort is going in to make tools that are easier to use you know that don't require uh programming don't require you know setting up python and, and loading frameworks and and doing all this stuff um but just actually yeah, something that's that's end user friendly and customizable you know yeah. in a in um uh, that that's happened that stuff's coming actually uh, i think probably pretty soon I mean, within a couple of years anyway you know that's kind of scary saying that it's early because seeing what people are doing with like the deep fake stuff and they're doing that now for voices yeah um and even like language like how people write so you can you can fake you can pick how people look, you can pick how people sound and how like how they talk. Like it's it's a little bit scary. But then like you also see these really cool implementations of like, oh, this actor passed away and we can do like a few extra scenes, you know, like yeah. like uh, you know, nods to them, you know, callbacks and that, that kind of stuff. Um, and it'll look way better than Grand Moff Tarkin and was a rogue <laughs> one. Yeah. Like it it just didn't look That's quite right. That's an interesting bit, especially about the voice. I just saw this thing, um, Don Rickles, uh, who I think did the voice of um, Don of uh, Mr. Potato Head in the Toy Story. Uh, he died before able before he was able to record any lines for I think it was Toy Story Four, and by going over like everything he'd ever done and both recorded for previous toy stories and like previous works in general they were actually able to cobble together all of his lines for that movie yeah but that was like highly manual that was like snipping out right. here piecing there and like what, what you should be able to do is throw it into an ai like here's everything here's, he's ever said before and now i about the thing or like think, someone talks they get like the inflections and then it just yeah, it, puts it on like it's, it's it is getting it, it's actually really kind of there um, but it's it's still very much at a research level, mm -hmm. uh, so you so you're not seeing too much of it. I hope it is, or it's already out there. No one knows. Well, you oh, see, man. I've so, I've seen some models. some things where they've like edited um, um, like news press releases and stuff, news clips where they've redone the footage with like Obama's voice saying stuff, and it and it and it warps the way that his mouth moves to to like 
you know, move the, the words correctly and, and it's smart enough that it sounds like him. Like if I, if I didn't know any better, you know, it's, it's pretty yeah. crazy stuff. I mean, I don't want yeah. to get into politics on this kind of a stream, but like Ooh, that, you know, politics yeah. implement or like that is, I think the scariest area Oh yeah, for that kind of stuff, like entertainment, sure. you know, whatever, like entertainment is great, but politics and, you know, yeah, all of that kind of stuff is, is where it's scary. Yeah, but know, I know. Aren't they doing a lot of work on like AI detection at the same time? I know. Like, I know. Photoshop has put out a thing that says like, "Oh, we can. We have a tool that can detect that this photo has been edited, and in what way, even like they can tell, you know, from looking at the pixels, I guess, or something. Uh, they do their science magic, and yeah, they can tell like, oh, this was a blur. This was a certain brush mm -hmm. or what have you, and, and like they can deconstruct it. Even it's like, it's it, pretty cool. It's a battle. I mean, there, there's, there's teams working on detecting fakes, and then the fakers are working at beating the fake detectors. It, it's the and same. I mean, and that is actually a field of AI, the you general know. adversarial networks, GANs. That's how you train a GAN. Yeah. You you have a you have, you have a network that that generates images, and another network that detects whether it's fake or not. Oh, that's cool. And they play off of each other. To, to learn to get better and better and better at making fakes and detecting fakes. That so AI is teaching AI. Oh yeah. So Skynet starts. <laughs> I, I saw that part in War Games. It it, it it's okay. It'll be it, it learns. Okay, yeah, great. <laughs> the only winning move is not to play. There you go. Okay, I'll yeah, I'll just go nomad or you know permit. <laughs> just turn off all technology. And... But honestly, though, like on a serious topic, like I've actually done that more and more, especially since like I started working from home so much. Like I found I need to do that. Like I've turned off email notifications on my phone mm -hmm. and like I make sure that like things are turned off and like I'm not super always pressed for it because like I feel like you kind of have to start. You have to do that. It feels like these days. Otherwise, you're just always connected and you can never be yeah. apart. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I, yeah, I'm feeling that too, kind of a lot. You know, you have to, you have to just kind of pull back so that you can have some space where you can actually think and work. Mm -hmm. uh, it's just so funny. Just... With right now, like we're so isolated, like with each other. Yeah, <laughs> I don't want to be that connected to. Right. Like, it's oh, not to go too deep on it, but it's a different kind of connection. Like, yeah. it's not, it's not nearly the same. It, even this is like, it's still. I'm still basically all by myself, you know, there's, and it, it, there's a, there's something missing from, mm -hmm. from it all. Yeah. <sighs> so, uh, somebody early on had asked something that we had, we had almost started going deep into before the stream is like, do you think Linux on the desktop will become more prominent in the future? This is from Doron on Facebook. Oh, oh, oh okay. Well, there's, I bet we have very different. Uh, yeah. opinions of this done <laughs> which is great oh yeah 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 i mean okay <laughs> i okay i i use uh linux myself like m most of the time mm -hmm. however uh um you know windows has made huge improvements it's from my perspective massive improvements and uh and i i essentially have my my uh my linux desktop and my Windows desktop, they're almost identical. And the work cool. that I can do on both of them is almost identical at this point. And it's is that pretty from just amazing, a, really. From a user experience standpoint, like like the X's, the X in the upper right and, and file drop downs and things oh, like yeah, that? Oh, yeah, sure. Yeah, if I wanted to, I could, you can make Linux. I mean, there's, um, you know, that one thing about the, the Linux desktop is there's, there's like a zillion of them to choose from. Right. And and uh, lots of customization, so you can, you know, you can customize it to look like almost anything. People have done almost exact rep replicas of uh, the, the Windows appearance cool. uh, in in some of the desktops, but you know, it, it doesn't matter. It's 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 how usable the desktop is, and and the uh, Linux desktops and Windows desktops, they're both perfectly usable. I mean, they're they're fine, and um, I don't think, okay, Linux on the desktop using you know that's always a thing it's like okay this is the year of linux on the desktop um it it's it's a uh there's 
you absolutely 100% can do that. However, if if you are like your background that goes back and you were a, a Unix workstation user, you're gonna absolutely love the Linux desktop. If you're coming from uh, from uh, Mac OS or from Windows, you, it, it's gonna be kind of a struggle, even though it is very similar and very intuitive and easy to use. There's still, you know, there's still that crossover that's, that's uh, difficult to deal with. And I don't think people really have to do that. I think you can just go with what you want, like you're comfortable with. Um, I, I use, I use now Linux is incredibly important because it's, I mean, that's what's driving all of the enterprise and infrastructure of the world. You know, right. that's the stuff you don't see on your desktop. And, um, and for, uh, for developers, for, for, you know, researchers, scientific kind of researchers, that whole workflow and that whole ecosystem goes all the way back to the uh you know the 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 unit the heyday of the unix workstation era and that's linux actually replaced all that hmm. so so if you look at the at developers on like tensorflow and pytorch and all they're all doing all of that stuff is on linux and that's and so uh, all of that kind of work if it's scientific computing is probably going on on linux you know it's just related there so from that respect if that's your thing then yeah you might be better off on a, a a linux desktop environment just like it was a unix workstation of of old hmm. um but and and this i actually kind of wanted to talk about this because you know there was there was a few things that were really cool at at uh, i i'm you know i'm i'm a i'm a linux user literally almost from day one you know, I, I, I was on the Minix mailing list when Torvalds announced that he was uh, building a kernel. You know, I mean, I, I really saw that thing on the on, on Usenet. Um, and uh, so Don, Don's a Linux hipster. Hey, oh, you know, I, I man, I, yeah, I've done it from from the early days, but I also used Windows, too. And, you know, I I. I I had I was at the time I was using uh, Steve Jobs' best work ever, you know, the Nax. That thing was that was that was a Unix <laughs> workstation that was just fantastic, and that's actually the OS interface now for Mac OS. Oh, neat! Okay, that's where it came from. Uh, in fact, it's all essentially that's where the whole OS came from, uh, Mac OS, OS X, whatever. Um, but anyway, the the. Um, yeah. Okay. What this... do you think, Matt? <laughs> <Just getting calmed up. laughs> While Don takes a breath, it's your turn. <laughs> I, I agree with Don on a lot of that stuff. Like the heavy metal stuff, Linux, definitely, because you're trying to eke out every little bit of performance per watt and you know per dollar, and you're going to get that on something like Linux where you can really strip it down. Um, and like scientific stuff, stuff that, again, that's really heavy compute. So scientific stuff, I think there's a lot of like, um, people that are doing heavy simulation work, like uh, like engineering simulations, like if that's all the system is doing, they probably are running that on Linux. Um, but like desktop, I th now this might be just my opinion because like working with Puget Systems, like our customer customer base is primarily people who just want it to work. Right. But I feel like that's kind of general society's kind of take on technology these days is they mm -hmm. just want it to work. And as good as Linux is no matter what if you're installing the next on a computer you're going to google at least a handful of times to figure out why isn't my audio working or why isn't this video working or why is not my boot thing not right i have the same problem um, with windows really I, <laughs> most of the windows is supposed to be like <laughs> it's what you know work. it's just what yeah, you know yeah. like... and, and that's the thing and i think the people who <laughs> linux is what they know it's becoming less and less of the overall like user base like there's still tons of people out there there's still tons of like power users who really love linux and they want to use it and I, that, that's awesome like nothing against those guys it's not me at all but <laughs> and I, I don't think that that is an increasing percentage of, of the population if anything i think that's decreasing especially with how like connected people are on like their phones now and like they've gotten used to their phones like oh it's, it's android or it's you know apple and right. that's just Oh, okay. That, that's what it is. And I think that's starting to carry over to computers as well, just because like 
I mean, really, what's the difference between lap, a mini laptops these days and your phone is like, well, it's bigger. Screen size. Yeah, that's a, <laughs> that's a good point, Matt. I mean, and, and you know, that's kind of the, the thing. I mean, even the, the stuff that I've been working on in, in labs, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, the, uh, now I'm running servers. You know, I set up, I, I've got a, a, a Linux uh, OS set up. It's, it's server. There's no GUI on it. It's just text. But what I set up on there was an admin interface to make it just, this is all through the browser. Mm-hmm. Everything is, is, is done through a browser. And it's intuitive. It's easy. You know, it's, it's, it's like what you would expect. And it doesn't matter what OS you're using to access mm-hmm. it. it. makes no difference. It could be a Chromebook. It could be your phone. It could be a Linux desktop. It could be Windows. It could be anything. And, and uh, no, the, the main setup on there is Jupyter Hub, and that's for doing all this machine learning and AI stuff. So right. the, and this is this, and what it is on there is the standard interface that most people would use, you know, Jupyter Hub, and then like uh, a VS Code editor just directly connected to that server. It doesn't matter what you're running on. That's and it, it's exactly the same. So it's, it's taking advantage of that, uh, of the those tools that are for that kind of development work that are that are on that are Linux based, mm-hmm. but you can do it from anywhere, so it doesn't matter. Um, the 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 other thing on there and that I, I kind of wanted to throw this out because I was actually really kind of excited. About, I thought it was really cool. Um, the uh, uh, from from uh, Microsoft Build, the uh, one of my favorite. You know, I can I can go over to Windows and I can do every, anything I want to do. Um, and part of that is because I've got Linux on Windows. You know, I mean, there's, Microsoft has Linux now. Right. W- WSL 2, the Windows subsystem for Linux, version 2, uses a Linux kernel that Microsoft made. Oh, oh so it's like their it, own sort so of, their own distro of you, Linux? You no, know, it's as much Linux as Android is. I mean, that's a okay. Linux kernel that's on there, right? Sure. So, so it's 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 kind of that same thing. It um, well, it's even deeper than that. I mean, because it actually is Linux and it's their kernel. So, so really, I, I think you could probably, without stretching it too far, say that's Microsoft Linux. Yeah, in the same um, way that it's like Red Hat or or Gen two or Ubuntu or like that kind of. It's like yeah, their own I mean, flavor. The, the the interactive layer, you know, is is Linux distros that you would use. But the kernel underneath on WSL2 is a Microsoft built kernel. Neat. So, so yeah, so I usually use Ubuntu on there, but there's SUSE and uh, uh, CentOS and, and stuff like that. You can different Linux. And you're running run. that from within Windows. So it's almost yeah. like a virtual machine, kind of. It, uh, Except WSL2, you don't have all the terribleness of virtual machines. <laughs> it, it's, it's basically a low level virtual machine. Huh. And it's at when you um, when you enable WSL two, it actually uses uh, Hyper V under the hood. Okay. And, but it it does it at the same. If you, you if you turn on Hyper V on Windows, then your Windows OS becomes client number zero. It becomes a actually virtual client. Huh. But it's high. It, it yeah because um, uh, yeah Hyper V is a low level hypervisor. It runs right on the hardware, so anything, anything, including your Windows OS, is on top of that. Whoa! But it's it's um, your host OS is hooked at a very low level, so there's essentially you don't even know it. WSL is kind of hooked into that same level, so it's you don't ha- you don't have a whole Hyper-V. Uh, stuff not everything is turned on when you do wsl2 but it, it it does enable that you have to reboot the system when you do this okay okay um and Which makes uh, sense. so it runs on there normal. by doing that they the performance now of this linux running on windows is really close to it like a native windows running or native linux running on the same hardware hmm. wow okay and it's a massive Beat up. Massive oh, that makes me think is, hey, that'll make benchmarking version. way easier. Well, and so we, we just have all of our test platforms running Windows. And if, hey, the... you need to run some Linux stuff, you can just run it. Well, yeah, what would be but... the advantage of, of 
just using WSL over just having your own, like say dual booting. Oh, no, no, no. Okay, the, the, the reason that Microsoft is doing this is because a Linux is hugely important for developers. Okay. I mean, and, and for, for Microsoft, Azure, I mean, that's their, that's their future. That's their cash cow. Oh, sure. And uh, people working on there have to have a Linux environment to do their dev work. So this, this, the, that's why they did this because they wanted to provide those development tools on Windows directly. Okay. And so that's the motivation for Smart. it. Um, the thing is, it's getting really, really good. I mean, it was good. And this was, this is one of the things that excited me on that I saw. And okay, right now my, my Windows workstation, my, my nice Windows workstation, right? Core X, 12 core, whatever, great box. Um, I'm running the Insider edition of windows on there right now and mm -hmm. i just bumped it up to fast ring Whoa. because i'm really anxious yeah. <laughs> that was announced that build was that and nvidia is helping them with this they're going to put gpu support into wsl2 oh that, wow. that'll be huge that is huge that's massively huge because see the the way it is right now you don't have a direct access to like the hardware drivers and stuff like that um and but so so yeah you so you didn't have gpu you could you could put an x server on windows and you can run linux graphical applications through x like you would do any kind of x application um but but this they're going to put direct gpu access into wsl2 so that means and i've already installed stuff like tensorflow I've installed the CUDA, the CUDA and the NVIDIA drivers. I've installed all that stuff into WSL. The, the thing is, it doesn't work because there's no GPU there. Hmm. there I mean, it doesn't see a GPU. But the, this thing that they're doing, and I'm, I, thought they were, I thought it was already done. I was chopping it to bit to do this. That's why I brought that, uh, that uh, Quadro card home. I was thinking that uh, I might have to use Quadro for this to start off. Start off. Um, but it, by the end of June, they should have a release of this in the fast ring on the insider build that has some GPU access in it. Cool. And that would mean that you could run something like TensorFlow with GPU acceleration in WSL2. That means that you could pull the, the Docker images mm -hmm. from NVIDIA's uh, NGC, which is insanely great. So all, all this great stuff that NVIDIA's done up there for those frameworks and all that stuff, you can pull that stuff down into Docker images and run it on WSL on your Windows machine. Huh. And you should also be able to run directly the stuff that I just was talking about. Um, the, the, you know, the, this thing I've been calling the machine learning appliance. Mm -hmm. um, all of those servers and stuff that I'm running on there, Jupyter Hub and stuff, that's the, the, that doesn't run on Windows. But this will run on WSL, uh, and you could run that and then have it running on your local machine and connect to it with your browser. Hmm. It's all right there. And it's seamless as far as your, the experience of uh, the developer and the user that's using this stuff. It's just there. So, I mean, I can finally be playing a video game and doing machine learning well, and with TensorFlow. Right does on. Does kind of bring up an interesting question? Does that mean, could, could that then potentially mean like the very core of Windows could eventually evolve to have, to under the hood essentially be no different? Because you're saying like, oh, you can no. make Linux distro look and act a lot like Windows. Could it, could Windows then slowly evolve into just like like Matt was saying like video a big reason people still use use windows is video games that's probably like 80% of why anybody still uses windows you can uh, or, anyone I mean, in like content creation hyperbole it's a very sure. serious <laughs> yeah, use case uh, hyperbole but like <laughs> me um, too could 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 we see the 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 core of windows eventually evolve into becoming a linux no like at its at its no, core no absolutely not okay. they're fundamentally different and okay. I, and i can tell you I can tell you exactly why. Um, okay, uh, Linux is that's that replaced Unix. Okay. Okay. I mean, you know, right. Microsoft is all worried about Linux being a competitor to them. 
Linux killed off their biggest competitors. <laughs> they killed off the, essentially the Unix workstation world. Okay. Because nobody in their right mind is going to, you know, well, I'm, I, can, I, won't, I won't say that because that's <laughs> still great. And there's still stuff out there. Um, but Linux is just insanely great for that, for that, that stuff, that okay. world. Um, but Microsoft, okay, where, where uh, Windows came from, its legacy is Windows NT. Right. Okay. Now, I, this is a history lesson, and, and hard, not very many people know this, but when Digital Equipment Corporation, that was the biggest computer company in the world, okay, DEC, okay, um, they bid it. They, they kind of bid it because they just forced so much vendor lock-in mm. um, that there was backlash, you know, and, and there was other competitors like from Hewlett Packard and IBM and Sun Microsystems. But DEC eventually bid it, and when they did, but DEC had insanely great programmers there. They had really, really good people. Those people went from DEC to two places. The compiler writers and all those guys, they went to Intel. Okay, oh. that's where it, uh, I'm not all of these, but some, some key people. So, so Intel got some really brilliant folks out of that deal. But Microsoft, they needed, a, they were running on DOS. Right. Like Windows used to be just like a GUI on top of DOS. So that was like, no, that's lame. <laughs> so Windows. Yeah, I remember key, it being awesome. I, the, I, the I remember Windows the 3, 3.0 and 3.1 days. Like, yeah. I mean, it was it was awesome. It really was awesome. <laughs> you um, like move your mouse and things move and stuff. Yeah. It, <sighs> you know, it, it was actually really cool. <laughs> but but Windows NT was like a you know a serious OS, right? Okay, and that was that's the legacy of that is um, VMS. That's okay. the the Vax. Um, oh what? Oh man, I can't even remember the stupid acronym. But but that's that was VMS is what ran on deck Vax. Hmm. So so digital equipment had their 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 Vax systems. And, and that's what drove business and stuff like that. Th those were huge, and that was a huge lock-in. But that um, underlying OS is very different from the Unix OS. That's the history of Windows. Hmm. So, so Windows NT, th those people came from DEC to Microsoft, and they built Windows NT, and that's what Windows is now. So it's a very good OS, okay? Um, but the, the, on the Unix side, on the Linux side, the whole model there is like sockets and, um, uh, and files. Everything is basically a file and, and even sockets look like files. It's a very simple, uh, design. Um, and it, it's this communication with pipes and, you know, sockets back and hmm. forth on on um, on Windows, the, everything in Windows is an API. Okay. So in, instead of having these pipelines where you're you're communicating like over a socket, on Windows you're making API calls to do everything. So they're fundamentally different. Mm. It makes it that's why uh, being able to do things like some of the stuff that they have done is really remarkable, because they have to put translation layers. Between, so they, they have to put kind of APIs in there to handle to simulate the the socket kind of workflow oh, on uh, some of that Linuxy, Unixy kind of stuff that's in there. But yeah, it's never going to be it's it's fundamentally different OS. Yeah, fundamentally different. Nuts. <laughs> they, they could they could do. In fact, this was some of the speculation that what what is it what is the thing called Windows X or something like that that they're you know, going to be doing on, on ARM and all this, that could oh. actually be very different under the hood because it'd be like a, a modular Windows. And they could actually sneak in some design change under the hood there that is fundamentally different. I mean, weren't they already kind of doing some stuff with like Windows Phone years back? Is, is what Are Windows Phones even a thing still? Thanks Not really, but, the, no, but there's a legacy they, they there. Some of that, that team and that work that they did is still there. And th that's, um, you know, there was some excitement last year about, you know, this this Windows X. They were going to use it on their, like, dual screen little cool little device and stuff like that. 
um, it, and it's a different kind of Windows. Um, huh. But they could totally do that. They they could make a, a a full under the hood Linux that has essentially a look and feel of the current Windows 10 desktop. You could totally do that. Yeah, I doubt they would. They have so no. much. There's no cost. There's no way they're convincing their no like, way. corporate. <laughs> they've got millions and millions and millions of lines of code. Ah. There, there's no wow. way. And and the core, the NT under the hood is there's nothing wrong with that. It's a good OS, you know. And it's works fine it's, so um, far. Works yeah, I mean, <laughs> I I used it for science. I used it for scientific computing for a long time before Linux really. Like really became like yeah you're just going to use Linux, mm -hmm. um, but I I didn't have any problem I I used you know Microsoft's Fortran their Visual Fortran I wrote scientific code in Visual Fortran on Windows NT, Whoa. and it was great it was easy it was no problem and it ran great. Um, yeah, it's weird you know they've kind of split but yeah they're it's they're very different. Long story. So, in other words, you said <laughs> the ten-minute answer. Is that, yes. The short answer is no. No, <laughs> no. no it ain't gonna happen. Mm -mm. No. Well, now you know why, right? Well, no, and I, I, I do appreciate kind of some. Like, I hadn't realized that. Like, it's, 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 it is really an, an almost an architecture difference. Like the way that they handle. Oh yeah, totally. Different. The, the very nugget core of everything is just yeah. fundamentally different, and like I didn't didn't know that. So yeah, at the cool. kernel level, it's yeah. fundamentally different. It's interesting to it is. It's good to know some. Yeah, Microsoft Windows is very much object oriented and API oriented. You make API calls. Hmm. Is that Santa? No, that's 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 Don. <laughs> ho ho ho! <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. Houston, I love he's it. got more of a Santa beard. It's just the wrong color. Uh. <laughs> oh, man, yeah, we'll give him a few years. Yeah, right. It's coming. it'll, it'll it's go. There. I promise. It's getting there. Like, it'll promise. The I promise. That's you. why I have to keep mine shorter because there's big <laughs> patches of gray. You don't notice it as much when it's short. Oh man, really? You get some gray in there, Matt? Oh yeah, there's yeah. a big patch down here is all gray. Yeah, oh, I have three kids. <laughs> oh yeah, hey, that'll do it. <laughs> I just have a lot of stress and anxiety, you know. That <laughs> too. <laughs> so uh, there is a question. Um, isn't there an issue with Windows on ARM? They have to emulate 64-bit. Okay. Um, okay. Win Windows. No. There, there is. Uh, okay. There, there's. There is Windows on ARM. Um, I'm seeing that uh, with the Surface Pro X in particular. Yeah, uh, the, the the thing. Okay, the, the, yeah. There's a lot. I you know I don't know the details of that because I'm I'm not really you know in, into that too much. But I I do know you know about ARM and I know you know kind of what's going on there. Um, the the one of the the issues is yeah, there may be some issues with 64-bit, but that's totally solvable. That's not a showstopper in any way. The the um, um, the difficulty is is they're trying to keep a compatibility layer to x86. So what they in order to make it actually viable to use, they have to be able to you have to be able to run Microsoft Office on ARM. So so they have to put in a, a uh, an x86 layer that is is but huh. at a very low level that that translates those instructions into uh, machine instructions for ARM Weird. and and doing that that emulation layer if you will is difficult and that's even probably more difficult to do 64-bit um, x86 emulation translating to arm instructions Oof. so it, yeah it's a challenging problem but they they it, i i i think there's completely fine windows running on arm it's just you can't run I'm, in fact i know there is but you can't there the applications you aren't ported to arm mm -hmm. and that's a huge deal so it's not i mean it's ain't going to happen yeah i'm seeing they, some of so that in... they need a layer to where you can run existing x86 on that arm platform yeah. So that that's that's what's going on there. 
Because, yeah, I'm seeing something uh, just when I looked up Windows on ARM. That it says, I'm seeing a few mentions that, like, not all 64-bit apps are compatible. Um, but it is a full, full-fledged full Windows 10 on on their new, their well, new, my, uh, Surface Pro X. It's It runs Windows 10 version 1903 and later. So I mean, it's, Microsoft it's, it's has not been even pushing like everything. Kind. They've, they've been pushing everything to the web anyway. Like, was it Office 365? Like, right. half of the licenses you buy are just the web-based ones. But yeah, I, I, I dealt with that with my, my mother-in-law bought a new laptop and then she got Office 365 through her work. She does like online tutoring or something or online classes and like go to install it. And it's like, oh, there's, I, I guess I made like a shortcut in Chrome for <laughs> yeah, there you go. But it's just yeah, so weird, weird then too, like, like dealing with files on that kind of stuff is weird. Like, and these Chrome ones, OS. like it syncs to your OneDrive too, but like, why do you even need it on your laptop? If it's just going to be on the web, it's just so different for me. Oh, on the other hand, I'm using Google Drive for like everything these days. <laughs> yeah. And for some reason that seems normal to me that that stuff's all on the cloud. So maybe it's just my yeah. own biases of like, I'm used to Word files being on your local computer. I have to say the differences between OneDrive and Google Drive are substantial. Like the way OneDrive handles their like just file system is is completely different. Like Google Drive at least seems to emulate the Windows File Explorer pretty well. Microsoft OneDrive really does not. And and it's super weird. I've I've helped um, my girlfriend with with she she deals with OneDrive for some stuff and it does not, it, it, it's just weird. Like their whole, like from the ground up, it seems like they were completely disconnected from how like the windows file Explorer works and, and trying to make them work together is really awkward. Well, the, which is kind of funny. Them. They will well, change but, that. Yeah. I hope it's so. It's funny because it's a pain in the butt. But, because right now they're not really using like as your storage. Hmm. I mean, they are, Okay, but it's in a it's in a different way. Huh. So it'll be a lot more direct and and uh, those kind of issues that yeah they have to solve uh, because they you know they want to they exactly do want to do that they want to get people to use their host OS host as a, as a terminal to Azure to the cloud. So they wow. want they want that kind of an interface going, um, huh. and. Um, uh, yeah, so it has terminals? to be seamless. I mean, it has to it has to be totally what you're used to, or it won't fly. Besides, you're still going to want your own hardware. Yeah, because you got a game, right? <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, do you guys do either of you or, or have a preferred Linux distro for testing computational workloads? I know I do. <laughs> yeah, I I haven't done anything with Linux since I was in production department, which is like I don't even remember how many years ago. Back then, it was all Ubuntu. We loved Ubuntu. Um, I've done a little bit with CentOS. Uh, that's mostly because that's the preferred or only supported Linux distro for DaVinci Resolve. Yeah. Um, so I've done a little bit with CentOS, and I, I liked CentOS. But, yeah, not not really for me. I'm sure you do, Don. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You're gonna totally. come up with something super obscure. It's like no, 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 totally. I mean, there, you know, there's all kinds of uh, Linux distributions. Um, but I've been, oh man, for the last several years, I've just been using um, uh, Ubuntu. Um, I, I, I seems to be wicked popular. Not like GNOME three. So, uh -oh. so their default desktop? No, I don't. No way. Um, I, I use Ubuntu and I use the Mate desktop. Okay. Um, uh, 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 Mate is awesome. It's it's um, it's very very good. Uh, there's another desktop that is fantastic on top of um, on top of Ubuntu. It's like Linux Mint uses um, mm. Cinnamon. That had been that's a in the wonderful. Chat. That is a wonderful user interface. It's really really nice. In fact, I, I would recommend uh, uh, Linux Mint with Cinnamon to uh, Windows users that 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 want to try, you know, want to mess around with the win with a Linux desktop. It's really, it's really pretty nice. It's yeah, a, that, that uh, actually had been brought up in chat a little bit ago that it, 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 it looks almost exactly like Windows. The min, you can make cinnamon. it, yeah. It's very, very, it's a great workflow. I mean, it's a, that's a really nice interface. Um, I set my Windows up 
so that it looks like Linux Mint. <laughs> I, I move I move the bar up to the top. Yeah. And I I, I set it up so I mean they look I can go back and forth with my screenshots and you could would hardly even know which one was Linux and which one was Windows. Oh, I can't cool. I can't get onto bars at the top. That's always been and, and bars on the side. People the, who do bars on the those, side. Those oh, people, I don't like that either. That blows my mind. Like even when I see Mac OS people have their have their dock on the on the side of the monitor, weirds me out. I can't. I, it's just it's so just so weird, so different, and yeah. I can't. It's different, like and that's bad. It, well, it just feels <laughs> yeah. I mean, if it's unfamiliar and makes you feel bad. That so. <laughs> There you go. And for them, it works. It's it what works. you're used to. Well, that's fine. You know, yeah. You know, I don't know where that comes from though, because like that's like that's a that's a conscious choice. Like I'm gonna put my bar over here, and I'm gonna just power through it. It's not like I can get the top kind of makes sense, sure, and the bottom is default. But like you had to train yourself to put it on the side there, and that is. That says something about who you are fundamentally. You know, maybe they just wanted more <laughs> more vertical space for their web pages or something. You know, I, uh, I don't Ubuntu know. does that uh, on their, um, you know, on their GNOME interface. No, oh, I'm never it's using on the that. Side. And you know, they put this icon stuff on the side so of this dog. They're like, why? I don't like it either. <laughs> and, and as far as I, you know, and this, I actually credit uh, Microsoft with this: the WIMP interface, mm -hmm. right? Uh, Windows icons panels whatever sure um but th that basic layout that they when when did they oh man that goes way back but i think way probably back. windows 95 is when they really kind of nailed that basic kind yeah, of start button way that you know this window this bar and this you know this window that has your access to all that kind of stuff that interface was, was brilliant they put a lot of human engineering you know human uh, factors design work into that mm. interface it's, it's really quite brilliant i mean it's and Windows the more the place. more that you vary away from that the weirder it gets yeah i mean it, it's totally cool to do that and some people just like to you know do something just totally crazy and there's lots of options but maybe um, the next labs open office hours would just be things we hate about technology oh that'd be <laughs> fun oh, oh man that, that would be design. great I, I had a few rants <laughs> I'll just let everyone in the chat just like, right, you heard it oh, you heard it here this. first next week we're, we're it's just complaining for an entire hour <laughs> we're all everybody from labs is going to get in on it and they only get one thing you know what really grinds my gears and then and then the next week we'll do the things we love yeah i really like that adobe does this i'll have to think about that one but... <laughs> Right on. Oh, um, so that that hour went by really fast, you guys. Uh, we we are a little over. So do you? Um, is there anything you would like to mention or say or um, anything? Hey, else I, I like hope to mention you know. Talk about before we go. We just kind of you know. I'm sitting here looking at you guys, and you know I know there are people out here that are and it's and thank every thank you everyone for for interacting and and asking some questions and stuff. I hope you know. I hope. Uh, Hope you got some answers and and actually you know kind of learned something and got some you're taking something away that you didn't know before you started um but yeah it's it's always fun and, and matt you know it, we I'm, we we hardly see each other anymore <laughs> so so it's kind of nice um, we'll see if even after all this COVID 19 stuff i don't know i'm starting to be convinced that i just want to work from home <laughs> more and more we'll see it's it's pretty nice it, yeah. there's, there's advantages. There's disadvantages. There's disadvantages. But once we can do like weekly, schedule all of the meetings on Tuesday or whatever. Right. Oh, yeah. <laughs> everyone's there. That'll be good. Okay. I stopped. I stopped by the office um, yesterday. Um, there's something I could rant about. <laughs> well, over I, time. I, Go for it. I was doing, the, I was doing a, a, a Linux. I was reinstalling on that, uh, that 64L4 GPU box down there that I'm testing this machine learning appliance stuff on uh, I was doing a fresh install on there so I, I was down there hanging around for a while and man you know I went I was talking with Kyle down in install and you know we were going on about stuff and it was really fun it was great to especially I love going down into production and, and um, you know they're all doing they're all you know kind of keeping distance but there was great conversations going on it was really fun yeah I yeah and I mi I missed you know I kind of missed that uh, yeah Good. It's a good bunch down there. Mm -hmm. 
Well, all right then. I guess we'll uh, we'll say um, goodbye and uh, thanks everybody for tuning in, and uh, and like like Don was saying for interacting and giving us questions and kind of keeping things rolling. And uh, thank you, Don. Thank you, Matt, for taking time out of the day to join us here on uh, Friday uh, for our labs open office hour. Um, and for for those of you who um, don't know, just kind of stumbling in on this today, we do this every Friday. Different members of our labs team um, coming in to kind of just talk about what they're most experts in, kind of taking questions from the audience and that kind of a deal um just to just to kind of get get the knowledge out there beyond just our articles and things like that kind of get a little bit more of a um just peek behind the curtain i guess in a way so um thanks thanks to the audience thanks to you guys very much and um so we, yeah like i said we do this every friday at one o'clock pacific we also do uh workflow wednesdays where we bring on industry experts kind of a similar sort of deal they talk about what they're experts in and um to ask them questions, take questions from the audience, and that's Wednesdays at one o'clock as well. So tune in Wednesdays, Fridays, one o'clock for all kinds of cool shenanigans and, and questions. Um, and um, yeah, I think that's it. Thanks, you guys.